I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever wondered about Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he died when he prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. What did Jesus mean by that? Was Jesus at the last minute having second thoughts? Was he thinking of backing out of this whole passion and death for the salvation of the world? Was he at the last second kind of saying, Father, is there some other way we could save the world? What is this prayer all about? There's so much in this prayer, not just for understanding what Jesus was going through at this moment, but some profound lessons for us when God invites us to do something difficult, when he challenges us with something and we respond with a certain fear and trepidation. And I want to get into this here because I'm so excited. I've been telling you all about this for the last couple of months, about this project I've been working on all through since the fall uh, on a biblical walk through Christ's passion. And I'm pleased to tell you it's coming out in just a couple of weeks. In fact, it's available now for pre-order. So if you're looking for something for Lent, uh, if you go to ascensionpress.com or you can go to my own website, edwardsree.com, you can pre-order it now to have it in time for Lent. So it's the book called No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion, as well as the video Bible study we did when we were filming in the Holy Land from Gethsemane to Caiaphas's house to the cross. And you get to visually see all of the places where Christ's passion took place. But today, I just want to give you a little taste of one of the topics we got into uh, in the very first episode of this series where we filmed on the Mount of Olives right there at Gethsemane, uh, right there where you can see some of these olive trees are over a thousand years old. Their root systems connect us all the way back to the time of Jesus. So you're really coming in contact with something from the life of Christ there. Uh, and you can imagine him going right to this very spot and praying this prayer in his agony. But I want to I want to lead us up to that great prayer and just give you the, the a couple little details that Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel give us about what Jesus was going through. Do you ever wonder that? what was going on on the inside? He, he knows he's about to be betrayed. He's going to be handed over. He's going to be scourged. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be crucified. What was he going through on that night? The gospels give us little windows into Jesus's soul. And I want to unpack this for us here uh, because every little line, every little word in the passion narratives is charged with just great meaning. And, and, and it could really help us to understand what our Lord Jesus did for us. So I want to share with you a couple of those points. Uh, first of all, Mark 14, verse 33 tells us, Jesus was greatly distressed. Now, that language, greatly distressed, you might think, oh, yeah, I was greatly distressed at work today, <laughs> or I was greatly distressed when my favorite team lost the game. You know, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about any ordinary agitation or ordinary frustration. We're talking about a profound distress, so profound that the it might be even manifested physically in the face of some horrific event. What Jesus was going through reminds me of what you might find in the Psalms, like in Psalm 55, verse 5, where the psalmist is going through such agony. He says, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. I think that's the kind of distress Jesus was going through here. He goes on in, in the next verse, Mark 14, verse 34, Jesus himself talks about his own suffering. He says, my soul is very sorrowful 
even to death. Now, what's fascinating here is this is the very first time in, 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 the, in the Gospels where we read about Jesus opening up his own heart and, and sharing with his own disciples about how this whole betrayal and passion that's about to take place, how it's affecting him. You know, there's, there's times where he's been talking about his passion and death. He's been talking about it uh, ever since he left Galilee on, his, on the way to the journey to Jerusalem. He's, he's always talking about it. he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to die. He's going to be handed over. He's going to be crucified. But never once does he open up and start saying, and this is how it makes me feel, except right here. Now that he arrives at the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane, just imagine you're one of those apostles and Jesus looks you in the eye and says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. What does that mean? That describes someone who was pushed to the limits of suffering. It reminds me of Psalm 42 where someone says, my soul is cast down within me. That's what the, the psalmist says. But I, I think the one key verse in the background that's most important here comes from the Old Testament book of Sirach, Sirach chapter 37, verse 2, to describe a, a particular kind of suffering that's oftentimes one of the most difficult sufferings to bear in life. Listen to what Sirach 37, 2 says using the same language Jesus uses. He's, uh, the, uh, Sirach 37, 2 says, Is it not a sorrow to the death when your companion or friend has turned to enemy? Is it not a sorrow to death? So that same language, sorrowful to death. But what kind of sorrow is the book of Sirach describing here? It's describing when a friend is turned to an enemy. Think about what this means for understanding Jesus. Why was Jesus so sorrowful? Why was he sorrowful to death? He, I'm sure he was sorrowful about the suffering he was about to face. I'm sure he was sorrowful of, of about feeling the weight of the world that's on his shoulders as he's about to bear the sins of humanity. I'm sure that's all a part of it. But in light of Sirach 37.2, sorrow to death describes a friend turning to enemy. The sorrow you experience when someone you love, someone you trust, someone you thought was a friend becomes an enemy what do you think Jesus was agonizing the most about? I think this is a little indication. It's about Judas, isn't it? How, how much Judas, who was a friend, is uh, he knows is coming to betray him. Uh, and I think that's just very moving to think about that even though Judas is doing this horrific thing, this terrible sin, nevertheless, Jesus loves him and Jesus will call him friend. He'll call him by name Judas when he comes into the garden. He'll still call him friend. So Jesus is still reaching out to Judas. He loves Judas. And one of the greatest griefs he's experiencing there in the garden is the grief of losing a friend. Then we read that Jesus goes to pray and he falls on his knees and falls to the ground. Now, that's amazing. We've never read anywhere else in the Gospels do we read about the posture of Jesus at prayer. Many times it tells us Jesus is praying, but we never read about him falling to his knees or falling to the ground, laying prostrate, except right here. It's showing the intensity of Jesus' prayer at this moment. And he's lying, laying prostrate there. That's, that's a, a physical expression of complete surrender, total submission, total surrender to the Father's will. And that brings us to the prayer itself, when Jesus says, 
Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Just picture him on his knees or laying there on the ground, agonizing, sorrowful to death, and he prays that prayer. What is this all about? Well, this prayer is expressing his humanity. Remember, Jesus is truly human. And if he's truly human, then the idea of being betrayed by a friend, being arrested, spit at, mocked, scourged and crucified, that's not something any ordinary human being would look forward to. <laughs> so it's expressing in his humanity the, uh, the, his repugnance to the, in the suffering and death he's about to face. Uh, and if Jesus is truly human, he should have that kind of repugnance toward that suffering and death or he wouldn't be really human. No one's going to say, oh, I can't wait to be betrayed today. No human human, human being is going to say, oh, I just can't wait to be scourged. No, no. Jesus is truly human, and he's acknowledging the pain, the suffering, the torment he's about to endure. But he doesn't stop there. In the same breath, he goes on to say, but not my will, Father, but your will be done. You see, Jesus isn't merely human. He is fully human, but he's also fully divine. And his human will is perfectly united to the Father's will. So that's why he, he prays this prayer. He says, you know, yes, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be really difficult. And yet, I, I, I want to do the Father's will. I want to do this. It's like he looks death square in the eye and he still says, yes, I'm willing to do this. You know, the, there's a great analogy I want to share with you. It comes from uh, the wonderful theologian, St. Thomas Aquinas, who I often quote on the show. Aquinas says what Jesus is doing here in this prayer, when he says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. It's kind of like the analogy is, is it's like taking bad tasting medicine. <laughs> Have you ever had to, had to take bad tasting medicine? I mean, who looks forward to really awful tasting medicine? No one says, oh, I can't wait to drink that awful taste. I, I can't wait for I'll watch it. I'll, I'll drink it during the Super Bowl. It'll be just wonderful. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, we, we don't take the bad tasting medicine for the bad taste. We take it. We'll endure it because we know it can make us healthy. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is fully human. And he's acknowledging that in his humanity that this is going to be a lot of suffering and it's bad tasting medicine, but he's willing to totally embrace the suffering. He's willing to take the medicine of the cross in order to bring healing, healing to the human family that's enslaved in sin, to restore them in salvation to the Father. That's why he does this. He knows it's intense, it's going to be painful, but he embraces it. And here's the practical lesson for all of us. This is the most important thing I want you to take away from today's episode here is what difference does this make for our lives? You know, when we see Jesus in his passion, John Paul II said, and Pope Benedict in other ways as well, pointed out like this is where you see the fullness of God's revelation, the fullness of his revelation of his love for us. And, and, and it's the fullness of the revelation of what God is calling us to do. Christ is revealing the high call that we're all called to embrace, and that is the cross. And it's only when we give ourselves totally in love, which involves sacrifice many times and pain and suffering sometimes, it's only when we give ourselves totally in love to God and to the people in our lives that, that, that we'll find our happiness. And so when we look at Jesus here in the agony, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the things that you know you're supposed to do but are hard Moments where you know I'm supposed to, uh, I need to just go have this difficult conversation. I, I need to, uh, I need to say I'm sorry to someone, 
or I need to to stop doing something that I, I I'm too attached to, and I, I I don't want to give this up, but I know I need to. You know, it, when we have our Garden of Gethsemane moments, we oftentimes feel the pain, but we don't say, Father, may your will be done like Jesus did. We remain at the level of our fallen humanity and just we, we, we don't want the, the all the pain and suffering. You know, it reminds me, here's a great analogy here. Um, my, my daughter, Eleanor, this summer, I remember, was really sick. And she needed some medicine, and she did not want to take this liquid medicine. Oh, she was so mad, and she was kicking and screaming and pushing us back. And really, Beth and I are trying to pin down a two-year-old to just get this medicine. And it took all of our energy to pin her down, stretch her arms out so she wouldn't block the medicine, open her mouth because she kept, like, biting our lips to not let us get the medicine. Finally, we just get uh, We finally got her mouth open. We poured the medicine in. And then what does she do? She spits it out all over the place. <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, it was a complete mess, complete chaos there. But I think God the Father looks at us and he sees us doing the same thing. That There's many times he's inviting us to do something that's going to be hard. It's going to stretch us. We're going to feel a little uncomfortable. We're going to be outside of our comfort zones. But we, we kick and we scream and we complain and we whine and we spit it out. <laughs> you know, um, what's Jesus asking of you? You know, Lent is coming up. We're only about a month away from Lent. Uh, and you need to start praying and developing your Lenten game plan to use this season to root out a certain sin in your life that you really need to really grow. You you need to grow in virtue and, and root out that sin, or maybe a certain devotion. You just need to grow in your devotion to Jesus in a certain way. You know, everyone's going to be different here, but you're going to have a sense that God is asking you to do something, and you're going to feel, oh wow, that's going to be hard, and you may kick and scream. And you don't want to take the bad tasting medicine. Let's be like Jesus. Let's be like Jesus. When we sense the difficult, the cross that we're called to embrace, the challenge, that we don't kick and scream, we don't hesitate, we don't whine, we don't complain. But let's say, yeah, Father, this is going to be hard. And if there was another way, that'd be great. But I, I see that this is what you want. So not my will. May your will be done. Let us always trust and surrender to the Father's will because his plan for us is much bigger and better than anything we can come up with on our own. So let's pray that prayer with Jesus. Not my will. May your will be done. So if you are looking for a resource to get ready for Lent, again, uh, check out the new program, um, No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. It is available right now at ascensionpress.com. It's available on my website, edwardsree.com. It's not out on Amazon just yet, so uh, I think it'll be there soon. But I I know if you want it for Lent, check out ascensionpress.com, edwardsree.com, and you can pre-order it now and you'll have it in time for Lent. Uh, You can order just the book if you want just the book to walk through Christ's Passion. Or maybe you want to watch the the video documentary we put together about Christ's passion from Gethsemane to the Cross. Maybe you're in a small group. If you're in a men's group or a women's group, check it out. It's a five-week study meant to fit perfectly into Lent. So check it out. Please pray for me. Know I'll be praying for you. Any questions, reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or my website, edwardsreed.com. God bless.